Welcome in to the first live studio recording of the Wildcats Press Pass. I'm sports editor Cam Beal alongside fellow sports editor Bracket Lions, Josh Shaw of the women's soccer team, Evan Mullings of the volleyball team, Andrew Gardner of the field hockey team, and our special feature writer, Spencer Marks. Spencer, how are we doing today? Doing great. How about yourself? Fabulous. All right, Spencer, we've been wanting to talk to you. You interviewed Marty Scarano, the UNH AD. What has he had to say about this new Wildcat season? Lighter COVID restrictions? What are we looking to see in this fall? Well, I'd love to start with last year because he started off by saying last year was so disruptive and it wasn't the same. But after asking what all these students can expect, my favorite quote came up, and that was, right now the student body can come out and enjoy football or soccer just as if COVID never happened. And I found that to be super comforting as a student who didn't get to experience it at all last year. And uh, one thing he mentioned is, of course, we have our surveillance testing and arrival testing, but he thinks that students can look past that. But along with that, he also expressed his excitement for every single fall sport this year. All right, thank you, Spencer. We'll have Spencer, like I mentioned, Spencer, Spencer is on the feature story role for us this season. We have him, you know, with some stories coming up, maybe some men's soccer, football. We'll have him bouncing around all the sports. But next, we have Josh Shaw here, the beat reporter for the women's soccer team, the women's soccer team who, you know, flashed in, in bunches in the spring season. I think they were 5-0 and at home in the spring, a very young group, a lot of sophomores on the team. Pretty much brought the whole team back, I think, added some newcomers. Josh, what have you seen from the women's soccer team to this point in the season? You want me to start with the good or the bad? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> start with the good, get that out of the way first. Okay, uh, defensively, they've been very, very sound. Um, I believe they've only let five goals in all season through 470 minutes of play. Um, Cat Shepard's been really, really good in net per usual. Nothing to be surprised at there. Uh, a 950 goals against average. So that's all good. Um, they all seem pretty encouraged despite a lackluster start, a 1-3, and 1-3-1 three, one, three and one start. So they're all feeling pretty good. Um, the bad, and why they you know might feel bad, is the offense has not been there. They've been shut out in three of their last four games, with the only exception being a one-goal game against Central Connecticut. Um, so they're not really generating a lot of offense. They're not putting the ball in the back of the net. They've had a lot of quality chances. They had 19 corner kicks, I believe, last Thursday. Uh, but they didn't put any of them in that, and that's all that matters. Um, so it's been a really sluggish start for a team that was or has qualified for the playoffs every year since Steve Wilm got there in 2014. Um, and this next stretch coming up will be really, really crucial for them. It's a four-game road trip, uh, and they're currently on a six-game losing streak on the road. So something's got to give here, and if they can just split maybe, they can get the monkey off their back of the losing stretch as well as just build some momentum going forward. they got 11 more games, so tide can turn by this time next week. And you've been talking to head coach Steve Wellham, obviously. What do you think? Uh, has he given any any indication on what he thinks the team needs to, you know, work on specifically specifically on the road, but just in general this year? The team's, like you said, come out to a slow start. On the road, he mentioned a lot that um, they've been playing a lot of quality opponents that have gone deep into the postseason, and so he feels that while, yes, they're losing, they are playing a lot of quality teams, so... It's a good test for them going forward and overall, you know, all that stuff. But the one thing he stressed a lot is execution. You know, obviously you can get as many chances as you want in a game, but unless that ball is in the back of the net, it doesn't mean anything. Um, so the team has to be better on that front, and if they do, he feels that along with a strong defensive effort, they will progress to a, where they should be or back to where, you know, we would project them to be. All right, perfect. Next we're going to swing it over to fellow sports editor Bracket Lions on the men's soccer beat. Uh, three-time defending champions of the America East men's soccer team here. 
they're what 30 36 one in five at wildcat stadium now bracket what's that stat they are a dominant force at wildcat stadium they've only lost i think it's one game i think they're 30 something one in five i think it's 36 or 37 one in five Something like that. But what have you seen from the team to this point this season? Obviously off to a 3-0 start. This team does not know how to lose. They are unbelievably good, and they haven't found their groove yet. That's the most impressive thing about them is they're not putting up massive numbers in terms of goal scoring, but the chances they create as well as the new blood injected into the team. Johan von Niebel from Germany, he's new this year. He's a graduate student. He plays a central attacking midfield role, is one of the best players I've seen on a college soccer field. He dances by defenders and just creates, creates, creates. And the Wildcats are finishing enough to win, and when they aren't, then they are defending with everything they have. And there's a lot of fight in this team. They're feisty. They, you know, they get a few yellow cards, but they're a physical presence, and they are just bullying teams. I think it's interesting you mentioned Von Nebel there, and I, I've been to a couple of the games this year, and their top score goal scores from a, a season ago back in the spring, you know, Paul Mayer and Victor Minutier. It seems like they haven't even, you know, they haven't even activated themselves yet. Paul Mayer scored on a, a header against uh, was that Providence that game, but Minutier hasn't really done too much to this point. So those guys haven't even reached their stride. And you mentioned Von Niebel, you know, one of the best ball handlers on the team. And to say that amongst the likes of you know Rory O'Driscoll, Bilal Kamal, guys that like to take defenders one on one says a lot but what do you think you said they haven't reached their stride yet what do you think the team needs to do to finally you know raise themselves to that potential top 10 level in the country what they really need to do and this is the biggest thing if you've read anything i've written about this season is they have very strong spells it's when their goals come but then they lose it they lose their fluidity from the back through midfield into attack and they don't find that kind of they find the creation they don't find the finishing and you know, Tola Shawunmi, he's someone who has finished and he's looking to be a presence as a number nine. You know, he's big, he's fast, he can dribble, but they're not getting enough goals throughout the game. They're having a 10 minute spell when they look like they're going to score and then they lose it. They get a little bit, you know, unfocused maybe or just their formation gets a little sloppier and they just they invite teams onto them too much and their defense can hold. They're not going to concede in all likelihood. They've only conceded one goal this season but they're just not having that constant pressure you need to wear teams down to score more and more goals. So I really think what they need is kind of a more fluidity fluidity from the back and you know coach Hubbard has talked about this. He's experimenting with different back fours. You know, Chris Pinkham was in it I think left back last game that he's more of an attacking player. So I think that that's a sign they're trying to get more of a push from the back to kind of put teams more in the back heel for more of the game. And one thing I've noticed, maybe I'm just not paying close enough attention, so you might know the answer to this. Bridger Hansen, first-team All-American in the spring. The first game of the season, I think BU, I don't remember him playing. And then the last game, I also don't remember seeing him in the starting lineup. He has seen limited minutes, and I haven't talked to Hubbard about that, but I'm not really sure why, because you'd think, you know, if goals are starting to be harder to come by, you know, you're putting up one at home, you're putting up two at home against teams, you'd think you'd want to be more in the 3-4 range. You might bring them in, but it's just, it's strange, and maybe it's just, you know, players are looking better on the practice field, but it would be interesting to see as, as the season progresses, you know, maybe there's an injury we don't know about that he might come back in on. Yeah, I was wondering that because I think the opening night of the season, I watched it back, and I don't even remember, I think he, I don't even know if he was dressed that game. I saw him on the bench, I'm not sure if he had his uniform on, so I'd be interested to find out if there's an injury lingering there. 
next we're going to flip it to Evan Mullings on the the women's volleyball beat. So it's been a pretty good season so far for the women's volleyball team, Cam. Uh, as of right now, they have a 3-3 three and three record. Uh, their losses have come against Murray State, who's 3-3, three and three, Mercer, who's 3-3, three and three, and Providence, who's 6-1. and one. They beat Stetson University, uh, who is 1-5, and five, and Fairleigh Dickinson, who's 3-3, three and three, and Siena, who's 0-6. So they're really beating these bad teams, but they're having a tough time against these teams that are probably about right around their level. Uh, upcoming here, they have Holy Cross. They have two matches against them. They're one and six. Dartmouth, uh, who's three and zero right now in UConn. I believe that the Wildcats would be happy with a three and one record over the next four matches. Uh, I think Coach Feliciano is pretty confident in his team. They're young, they're developing, and I think they're really figuring it uh, out as they go. The matchups they won on the floor, it's been a pretty good year. Uh, freshman Marissa Armour has been absolutely fantastic. 55 kills. It's 11 more than anyone else on the team. She's a freshman right side hitter. Ren McCauley's done a phenomenal job setting. Taking over the role this year. Uh, leads the America East in total assists, which is pretty impressive. Uh, Mia Pagliarini, 105 digs. Uh, that's 45 more than anyone else on the team. She's doing a great job as a libero. And service aces, Hannah Surbusek uh, has the highest average per set in the America East Conference. They have a ton of strong performances from their players. Uh, but storylines, I mean, the America East Conference right now is struggling. Uh, UNH actually ranks first overall. So, you know, three and three, there's been no in-conference games yet this year. So when they come up, it'll be interesting to see kind of, uh, does the landscape change at all? Um, UAlbany, who is projected to be first, they're three and four right now. The reigning America East champion, UMBC Retrievers, uh, one and six to start the year. So. There's still a lot of hope for the Wildcats and that they can turn it around, and, and it's a long season and a long way to go, so I think they feel pretty good. And you mentioned UMBC 1-6 right now, the reigning champions. What do you think, or what has Coach Feliciano told you, what the team needs to you know sure up before they get into their in-conference schedule to make sure they can beat the good teams once they get well, there? I think Coach Feliciano really wants the team to limit the mistakes that are in their control. Service aces, they've had a tough time uh, at some points mental errors I think that's kind of what they're trying to avoid for the rest of the year uh, like I said young team so they're still figuring it out um, but I think there's a lot to be proud of so far with with this team and I think the, their better days are ahead of them all right thanks Evan next we're going to flip it to Andrew Gardner on the field hockey beat and then maybe a, a little a little sprinkle of men's hockey at the end as he's going to be covering that team this coming winter this season starts in just under a month now first week of October I think yeah so the field hockey team off to kind of a rough start one and three they've played some tough opponents uh, they played third ranked Iowa the other day they lost three nothing uh, and they also played um, BU they lost one to three and fifth ranked Louisville but they also lost uh, three nothing so uh, two top five opponents already in their first four games they won the opener against Ohio one nothing um, they're a younger team this year. Obviously, two goals in four games is is not the the best start they want to get off to. Uh, but uh, Coach uh, Coach Balducci has been pretty pretty encouraged in a lot of her post game quotes, and and she's just been reiterating that the team's really young, um, and that the offense will come along. Uh, and honestly, Gemma Woods, the goaltender, she's been standing on her head a lot of these games. Uh, as I mentioned, they played some good teams, and, and she's only given up no more than three goals on each contest. Uh, she won American East Conference Defensive Player of the Week uh, for the first week of the season. Uh, she matched her career high in shots saved last week 
against Iowa. Uh, so she's looked really good. Uh, but, yeah, just a lack of offense, really. Uh, they've, they're in the midst of a, of a six-game road trip right now. They've got one more against BC and then one more – or, sorry, one more against Providence, one more against Bryant, and then they're home against BC on the 19th. So they've still got a little bit more to go on the road. Uh, but overall, just a young team, not a lot of experience, and uh, yeah, that's about it. Yeah, so you, <laughs> you mentioned off to the, they're off to a slow start, but – it's hard to imagine any team in Durham right now that's had the cards stacked again the, against them more than field hockey right now. Like you said, they haven't played a game in Durham yet. They played, I think, when they played Louisville, they were ranked fourth in the nation. Yeah. <laughs> they play Iowa the next weekend, ranked third in the nation. So you got it's all up from here. Right, exactly, and that's the thing. They haven't even started conference play yet. Uh, you know that doesn't even start until October 10th when they play at U Albany. And yeah, again, as you said, like a, a six-game road trip to start the season is really tough. Uh, and Coach Balducci even said after their, uh, they had a tournament in Boston this weekend when they played BU in Iowa where she said that you know, the main objective of the team going and playing in Boston was just to gain some experience. Uh, you know, kind of the way she, she phrased it, she knew that they weren't going to come in and, and you know, really defeat these teams by, by any means. But it was really just about experience and getting the girls more reps. Uh, and that's, that's what they've done so far. So uh, they've got some more manageable opponents coming up. And I think they'll look to uh, start to turn it around a little bit, a little bit more here. Yes, yeah, so this year does feel like a little bit of a reset year for field hockey. But like I mentioned before, men's hockey starts in three, four weeks at this point, the beginning of October. Why don't you preview the men's hockey season for us a little bit here? Yeah. So men's hockey, it's going to be an exciting season. Obviously, fans back at the Wit, which is going to be uh, phenomenal. After that, they were all gone last year because uh, of COVID. Uh, the team struggled a little bit last year. Obviously, it was a weird year. Uh, playing a lot of similar opponents, games getting moved around, canceled. Uh, they had a record of 6-14-3, uh, but they're returning most of their team. Obviously, they lose their big piece, in Angus Crookshank, who um, you know went and is going to play professionally for the Ottawa Senators, who drafted him a couple years ago. Uh, so that's a big loss on the offense. But returning Jackson Pearson, who was a finalist for the, uh, the Walter Brown Award last year, which is – an award for the best American-born player in New England. Uh, he's going to be the key to the offense. And uh, even having a new goalie this year uh, with um, Ty Taylor, he's seen reps in the past. He'll be, uh, I think he's a senior this year. Losing Mike Robinson obviously hurts, but Taylor also been drafted into the NHL. He's got good experience. Uh, so overall, you know, the, the core group is returning. You also lost Grosso and Kelleher, so that kind of hurts, but... Uh, they got a lot of uh, new youngcomers. I believe one of their uh, their freshmen who's coming in was already drafted, I think, in the sixth round this past year. Uh, so, you know, even with the new talent coming in, they've got uh, got some fresh faces. So it's going to be an exciting time in Durham. Obviously, the hockey East is really competitive. So we'll see if, if UNH can break that eight-year NCAA tournament drought. But, uh, yeah, overall, I think it's going to be it's going to be a pretty good year for the ice hockey team. All right, and now what you've all been waiting for, our very own sports editor, Cam Beal, talking football, talking Wildcats football, talking Coach Mack. Cam, how did the Cats look in their first game of the season? Yeah, we're just talking pigskin here. The, the, the Wildcats looked real good. Obviously, the news comes out, what was that, I think three days before, two days before they leave for Stony Brook, three days before the first game of the season, that Max Brosmer, sophomore starting quarterback, tears his ACL, will not play a snap this year. And it's a big blow for the team as he, you know, at the the team's media day everyone i talked to said this is the best max has ever looked since he's come to durham spring of 2019 he left high school early came here with a knee injury was finally fully recovered 
the knee that the ACL that he tore was not on the same knee that he had previously injured coming into UNH. But you know, that's a big blow going into the season, obviously. But they have Brett Edwards at the helm now, who actually won the job in week one of 2019, got pulled at the half at Holy Cross, and Max Brosmer never gave it back up. So Brett Edwards looked real good in the game. Um, he kept uh, what Coach Max said after the game was that um, he made good decisions. He kept them out of bad areas, had a lot of good throwaways. You know, maybe his passing percentage wasn't as, as high as he would have liked, but he had a lot of throwaways to keep them out of bad situations. Um, the one thing that – the one glaring issue for the team after that week one game at Stony Brook was the offensive line. It's a veteran group, um, pretty much the same players they had in the spring, most of the same players they had back from 2019, I think. But the offensive line was – it wasn't very good at Stony Brook. Um, the team failed to convert on a lot of third and shorts, didn't give the running backs as much of an opportunity as you'd like to see, considering Coach Mack has said all offseason. The offense runs through those running backs. Carlos Washington Jr., Dylan Lauby, and uh, newly – inserted into the lineup uh isaiah seed i believe his name last name seed i think it's isaiah um so the running backs didn't get as much of an opportunity as you'd like to see uh, the wideouts looked good edwards did a good job spreading the ball around uh brian espinette uh the top wide receiver on the outside he's always going to be there and then it's sean coin on the outside who missed all of 2019 flashed in the one game in the spring once again flashed at um stony brook and the defense is where I kind of had some question marks going into the game outside of the obvious question mark at quarterback. Um, you know, you had such a good secondary back in 2019. Prince Smith Jr. goes on to the NFL, uh, bounced around to a few practice squad. Isaiah Perkins at cornerback, Pop Lacey at safety. They're all out the door now. And now Brian Carter, who was your lead defensive lineman from the spring, he also left. Ole Manzik, your all-conference linebacker, he was out for week one. So a lot of question marks on the defense. But they stepped up. Um, Gunnar Gibson and Zidane Williams, probably two of the best players on the defense. They stepped up uh, with Nico Kavikis, had a couple sacks up front. And then in the back, a guy who doesn't get as much shine as a lot of the other guys, like Evan Horn, who's the captain of this team. Coach Max described him as the best player on the team. Um, is Pop Bush, who plays alongside him in the defensive backfield. I think he was second on the team in 2019 in tackles, but doesn't get as much spotlight. Um, that's said Pop Lacey. I meant Pop Bush. Um, he was the CAA Defensive Player of the Week this week. He was the FCS National Defensive Player of the Week. He had some 10 tackles, three tackle for loss, one sack, two forced fumbles, a pick, um, two pass breakups. He was unbelievable this week. So I think as long as the team can shore up the offensive line and you know get guys like Ole Manzik back healthy on the defense, this team will be just fine. Yeah, it feels like, you know, this was a survive week one. The team was thrown into turmoil. Um, where do you see an improvement coming, though, with that offensive line? I think I don't. I think it's mainly just on third down. They need, in the obvious rushing situations, they just need to, you know, be sure they are able to handle the other team's defensive front because Brett Edwards has a lot of escapability. He's a, he's a mobile quarterback. That's the one thing that Coach Mack highlighted. The biggest difference between Edwards and Brosmer was Edwards' ability to run. So the first, the first two downs, or the first two three downs, you're pretty much fine because Edwards is good at you know making quick decisions and getting out of the pocket if need be. So that's not really the big issue. It's just on third down, the obvious rushing situations. The offensive line was just you know giving way to the Stony Brook way too much in week one, and I'm interested to see how um, they react this week against Towson, their first home game of the season. And I asked Brett Edwards about this after the game. I said, Brett. Uh, third downs didn't look too hot in the first half you know he failed to convert on a lot of third and shorts what do you need to do 
and Brett Edwards' quote was, uh, third down is the money down. So you heard it here first. The money down. <laughs> third down is the money down, according to Brett Edwards. So let's hope, hope they can shore up that offensive line on third downs. All right. Well, everybody who comes out to Wildcats Stadium for the Wildcats' first home game of the year, let's they got to remember, third down's the money down. Help that team out. Get loud when they're on defense, but be quiet when they're on offense. Exactly. And uh, for those of you who may not know or tuning in before the first home game, a little insight from Mike Murphy, head of athletic communications. The student section that used to be on like the field house side of the stadium on the away on the visitor side they have in fact moved it to the home side of the field on the stadium side long time coming <laughs> yes. for that one <laughs> so the student section will be on the stadium side and the other side i think they're gonna replace that banner i think it's like a bud light beer deck now sounds good so, we'll see you, you all can there. head over to the other side too if you want <laughs> if you're of age of course yes all right well that concludes football that concludes our very first in studio wildcats press pass thank you Thank you to all our writers, all our editors, all our listeners. Be sure to subscribe, rate it five stars if you think we deserve that, and we'll see you next week. Love you guys.